In the land of hobbits and harfoots, elves and ents, goblins and gadriel, dwarves and Mount Doom, there is one that rules all, the One Ring. But what came before that One Ring? Well, here at Elves, Hobbits and Potatoes, we have set our proud feet in the ground and we'll bring you an episode-by-episode look at Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, brought to you by Gathering of the Geeks. I am one of your hosts, Emmett, and I'm joined, of course, by the Ted Lasso to my coach beard, Chris Evans. How are you? I'm impressed by that intro. That was smooth. <laughs> that, wow. that was the first. That, that was the first time I read it out loud. Uh, I, I had it oh, typed out. It? Uh, yeah, typed hey, out remember, weeks ago. I remember I you showed it to you. you. <laughs> that was smooth. That was nice. Yeah, that's why you're the host. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, welcome everybody to our first episode of Elves, Hobbits, and Potatoes, where we're taking a you know a, a deep dive look into uh, one of the biggest TV shows of all time already, and it's only been two episodes. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power from Amazon Studios. We decided a little while ago that we wanted to cover this um, show, uh, both being fans of the Lord of the, the Ring, Lord of the Rings universe. Um, but I did want to start off by saying, and maybe Chris, you can talk a little bit about it too, that you know we're not experts mm-hmm. in the world of Tolkien. And, you know, every minute detail. We're not experts of the show as well. We're just big fans. So we may miss things. We may get things wrong. um, But that's totally okay. Because I think it's almost a benefit to maybe even our listeners, but to ourselves going into something and not knowing everything about it. You know, we're learning, me and you will be learning things about it for the first time. You know, we haven't read the... uh, all of the Tolkien books, you know, the stuff other than the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. Um, so when we, you know, theorize what happens to a character and thinking maybe they'll die or they won't die in the books, they may be dead. And, you know, that's just the thing. But we're taking the uh, the TV show episode by episode, scene by scene um, and breaking it down that way, Chris. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> that's a great point that you brought up because. This isn't like if we're talking um, the Batman or a comic book property where we may know a bit more, or even um, like Moon Knight, where Aaron and I knew quite a bit about the character. In in this situation, we know the movies, and I haven't even seen the Hobbit trilogy yet, but I will get to it probably before the show is over. <laughs> uh, not yeah. not the, you know what I mean the Rings of Power. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna get to it, but you know. It's just fun to kind of dive into stuff like this when you don't know a lot about it, but you know enough about it. So expect a lot of names being mispronounced, a yes. lot of them. <laughs> and uh, I've already said that the meteor guy is just a homeless dude. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was looking. Up, I was like, I, I called him the spaceman. Uh, I think when I was talking about it. And, uh, oh, on the I, yeah on the IMDb page, he's just called the stranger. Um, yeah, I saw that. So we'll we'll get into that later, but yeah, we, you know we we don't know these characters. Obviously, we know um, a couple of them because they are characters that we know from the Lord of the Rings with uh, Elrond and uh, Gladriel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody else in the story so far that we have seen or even heard about in the Lord of the Rings movies. No, I I don't believe so. There is, um, from what I understand, there's a there might be a small tie, but it's not confirmed yet. Mm-hmm. It's and, that was. Yeah, and that was one of the interesting things I, I when I was watching the the two episodes. So there's two episodes that dropped on Amazon um, on Thursday is when I watched them. Uh, I think Chris and I both watched them at the same time because yeah. you messaged me pretty close to uh, by the time that the, uh, I was done watching. Um, 
they're in the transition mm. shots where they're showing us where the elves are, where the dwarves are, where the humans are. Um, the names aren't the same names as what we know. Um, you know, the mines of Moria, they're not the same. Um, um, Rivendale isn't called Rivendale. It's called something else. Obviously, this is a thousand years before uh, Lord of the Rings. So the different Longer. names for different, yeah, or thousands of years. Um, so that was one of the interesting things um, about the, the, you know, feeling familiar, but also changing it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that makes you very familiar about Lord of the Rings, and it was one of the very opening scenes, and that's kind of like the prologue, the um, the history lesson, as it were, Chris. Um, and that's a pretty big, crazy opening scene. Um, it shows off the scale uh, of this show, uh, the visuals, the sound, the action, all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, Chris, just as we're getting into that, that first episode, um, aside from the little opening with uh, 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 Gladriel and her brother, Jump a little bit ahead to that that uh, the history lesson. What did you think about that big history lesson? It took me a few minutes to pick my job off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, the history lesson. So we'd heard how expensive this show was. It it feels like we knew more about the budget of this show than we did what's in it. <laughs> and and so seeing that that like huge battle was like oh. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks so cool, and it reminded mm-hmm. me of uh, the Helm's Deep fight or yep, the, that, the battle. That same. was so cool, and then seeing this, like we are in for a real treat. Even if it doesn't get to this point again mm-hmm. in the show, just the fact that it's showing us this, we're in for a treat. Uh, I agree with you, and, and you know, the, it's it starts off with like dragons and those big yeah. birds. I didn't expect that. Yeah, and it just hits you too. It didn't. Uh, there was no warm up to it. It's just all no. of a sudden the battle is happening, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, we see a little bit with um, uh, Gladriel's brother and the, many of many of elves that are all around him, and it's just like there's no space. It felt like Battle of the Bastards, where <laughs> Jon Snow yeah. is just getting buried. That by, might be uh, that might be a better buried. comparison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we get a lot of history lesson. We get this name that I hadn't heard before, that Morgoth. Morgoth, yeah. Um, you know, the the big bad of the time. Um, you know, I, I grew up, and I didn't grow up, but I know Sauron. You know, I think I thought he was the big bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that, you know, he was more or less, I think, what do they call him, a sorcerer? or a, oh, Well, isn't he like the Witch was? King or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, he was like Morgoth sorcerer or something like that. Um, so it was really cool to see, and we get to see him in that little history lesson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, walking down a little bit of steps. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny that in the Lord of the Rings, Sauron was always more like a mystical figure to me. He never yeah. felt real. This is where he's like le- real. He's walking and <laughs> he looks he, like a human being in a suit. He's kind of like the equivalent of, of uh, I was going to say Michael Myers, but the boogeyman in Lord of the Rings. Because mm-hmm. he's always around. Yeah. But we don't really see him a lot. Then we, when we do, he's kind of just stalking the characters mm-hmm. in a way, and then trying to, you know, decapitate them all. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a little different, and it had like this majestic feel. You, you mentioned when we see him on the steps, mm-hmm. and there was this majestic feel to that. Yeah. And it was just the history lesson just sets the tone, I think, perfectly mm-hmm. for what I assume we're getting throughout this show's run. Not just this yeah, first season, because they've already planned, I think, five is what they've said. 
Yeah, and it's interesting how I said that they hit you right off the bat with the the history lesson, and then um, you know everything kind of slowly builds from there. It's like they 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 start us with something that, like you said, your jaw is on the floor, your eyes are wide. You're like, what mm -hmm. is going on here? This is what the show is actually going what is to this be. Beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, and then it, it it slows down a little bit there, and then you know it moves. I like to think of the the first two episodes are almost like a history lesson. These are who the elves are at the time. These are who the dwarves are. Mm -hmm. uh, these are who the Harfoots are. It just, it's, it's, it, it, I'm really reminiscent to not use the word slow because I see that everywhere. and it, It's kind of bugging me a little bit because mm -hmm. I didn't find the show slow at all. There was never a point for me from that opening scene to the very end scene where I was sitting there going, man, is this what's, how long has this been? Oh, it's only been you know, that long. I, I never felt that. I was engaged the whole time. And maybe that's a difference between um, slow and engaging. But there was nothing about slow that I thought about when I was watching this episode. I was glued to the TV the entire time. I would say the first 20 minutes of that first episode, although we do get a lot of cool stuff, it, it I wouldn't use the word slow, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know what word I, what word I would replace it with. But it, it definitely doesn't um, like you just kind of I kind of felt the length, but it didn't bother me. Hmm. I was I was captivated by it, but I, I was kind of like, hey, like I thought more time had passed, I guess. Because I had to pause okay. it for some reason. I saw, mm -hmm. oh, there's only 21 minutes in. What has been mm -hmm. going on? You know? <laughs> uh, but it's not a bad thing. I think the show flows really well after that point. And even during it, it's fine. It's just mm -hmm. I felt the time. Yeah, that, that's fair. So let's let's talk a little bit more about what happens in that time that passes. And, you know, the big focus it, um, seemingly in multiple characters have different storylines. You know, not every character uh, and group in the in the show has the same mission. Mm -hmm. um, so the biggest mission off the start is we see Gladriel trying to avenge her brother's death, who died at the hands of Sauron, who died in the big battle. Um, and she's kind of put an onus on herself. Um to seek revenge, to avenge her brother's death. Um, and that's pretty much carried from the first time we see her to the very end. You know, she's got a mission. She's got purpose. Um, so talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, the Galadriel character who was in the trailers a lot, um, mm -hmm. who was, who you know, very much the forefront uh, is selling as the main character. Uh, what do you think about her journey in the first two episodes? I think her journey is interesting because... For most of the first episode, she is lost at sea, <laughs> yeah. which was kind of an interesting thing to do to her because I assumed she is the main character based on what we mm -hmm. saw in the trailers. She's mm -hmm. the one we saw the most of, I believe. Mm -hmm. So kind of throwing us off there was neat. I like that. And I like also that we see her kind of her character traits come out like, hey, I don't want to go into this elf heaven thing. I got yep. other stuff to do. <laughs> and she literally jumps off the boat to swim who knows how far. That 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 scene had me so anxious where yeah. she's just floating in the water and there's nothing around her. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He's like, what did why did you do this? Why did you just go to the elf heaven and say, hey, I gotta go back, guys? Yeah, can you hit your ride back? Yeah. Right. Send me home. This, this ain't for me. And I'll say, well, what if there's like Lord of the Rings sharks in that mm -hmm. water? You know, because if it's Lord of the Ring Shark, it's probably like some something crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like got a humpback and it, it could talk or something. I don't know. <laughs> and so, um, but that was really interesting the way they did that. I wasn't expect I was expecting her to kind of be um, full on warrior throughout the the whole episode because mm -hmm. that bit with the snow troll yep. is like ten kinds of badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so cool 
the way she just took out that giant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, her crew turned on her, which was kind of sad. <laughs> We're full spoilers, by the way, guys. Oh, 100 percent. One hundred percent. So uh, what did you think about her crew and, you know, not backing her? Um, you know, she's the, the leader of the team and, you know, they're, they're following her. They've fallen her this far. Um, it's been months and months and they haven't seen any sign of Sauron. They haven't seen any sign of the enemy. And yet her team was still following her up until that point. But they le- they're up in the, you know, the, the I forget what it's called, but the north. There's lots of win- winter and ice and they're climbing friggin' you know, Mount Everest, it looks like. Yeah, winter is coming. Um, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, in that final scene, the team kills that snow troll um, and then they, they lay their swords down. They, they've given up. Um, they're, they're not following her anymore. What did you think about all that? Wasn't it years that they were searching? It could have been, yes. Um, I was kind of with them. Okay. Like, hey, we have not seen this guy. You keep talking about him. We're all freezing. <laughs> A snow troll almost ate us. It's time to go home. We're going mm-hmm. to elf heaven. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm with them. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, where, how, how strong her purpose is. And, you know, she's very stoic in most of the time. She doesn't show a lot of emotion. Um, I, th- I, th- I found that a little interesting. Aside from when she's talking with Elrond a little bit, uh, where they're kind of arguing and Elrond's telling her, you know, you need to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, you need she's to go. Cold. Yeah, she's very, is very cold. Um, do you think that's warranted? Obviously, her brother is dead and, you know, they're the you know, the high council of the elven, you know, they're, they're celebrating her team and all of that stuff and sending her off to, you know, like you said, um, Elvish Valhalla or whatever it is. Um, and you know, she's, she's not about that. The rainbow yeah. road. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's not about going off in, in, into the, into the, into the, into the sunset. Um, she wants to keep going with her missions. Um, you know, so you understood her team, um, not backing or backing down on her, but do you understand where she's coming from as well? Oh, yeah. And I think, again, we're not experts, but based on what we saw in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I, mm-hmm. it seemed kind of fitting for the character. Because mm-hmm. I always, I kind of saw her as cold in the movies, too. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just Kate Blanchett. That's, <laughs> that's what I got out of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it seems in character, or from what we know, and I like the actress a lot. I think that she's mm-hmm. portraying it very well so far. And just the story with her, I think, is helping too. It's it's a it's an interesting story, and it's one of what is it three journeys that we're gonna watch? Uh, yeah, that's what I have. I've got the the elves, the dwarves, and the uh, the Harfoots. I guess. Well, there's also the um, the human though uh, with uh, Arendor. Arendor. Um, I count him as. Oh yeah, I, I guess so. Then there's. That's. I think it's four. Then it, the, again, yeah. uh, they all have different missions. I wonder if they're all going to come together at some point. Well, it's um, much like a fellowship, but I'm not. I was sure going to say it, it kind of feels like that because you know in fellowship mm-hmm. there were the hobbits. There's Aragorn who's really in the shadows for a little bit. Then we met mm-hmm. Legolas and Gimli, and everybody's mm-hmm. kind of came together. Hey, we're friends now. <laughs> we are a fellowship, That's and we are all Irish now. <laughs> Um, so let's take a little bit more with the elves as well, and we'll talk about Elrond, um, who you were surprised with how much he was in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which in, in we weren't sure how much he was going to be in it. I didn't really expect much of it either. I just knew a little bit from the trailers. Um, you know, and he's got his own little mission thing where there's very much a history between him and Galadriel. Um, I'm not sure if it's a romantic one or not. I couldn't really get a sense about that. Um, but it's a long-standing friendship uh, of some kinds, and they're even at odds a little bit. They're at, you know, a certain part in their relationship where they can push each other. Mm-hmm. Elrond tries to push um, her to try and 
um, you know, ascend or, or what have you. Um, but then he's given his own little mission by, uh, I don't know who it is, the Elvish King High Elf. Council, King, <laughs> the King Elf. Um, you know, it, it's really interesting seeing the the younger characters, and maybe this one more than. Um, I think we saw more of Elrond in Lord of the Rings than we did see uh, Gladriel in the Lord of the Rings. I would say so. I remember I remember Elrond a lot better than Galadriel. So it's interesting seeing his role um, in, in in with the elves and what his role is, and interesting who, who he knows, and he, he's very much like a uh, a go between. Um, he knows a lot about the dwarves, and he knows a lot about. Um, um, the history and all that kind of stuff. So what do you think about of the Elrond character? Um, so, you know, I'd seen the trailers. I'd seen him, but I didn't realize it was Elrond. <laughs> so when I watched the show and they, they call, that's it's Hugo Weaving and he doesn't yeah. look like a jerk. I'm yeah. in. Because <laughs> that was kind of my thing with Hugo Weaving in um, the original trilogy. I didn't really ever like Elrond. Mm. But I also kind of don't like Hugo Weaving, so it went hand in hand for him. That's interesting. You don't like Hugo Weaving. I don't. I, I, he's got. He just seems very unfriendly, and I know he primarily plays villains. Yeah. But he just seems unfriendly to me. I don't know. Maybe he's very friendly. Who knows? He could but, be a um, super nice guy. He could be, but I don't think so. And his Elrond wasn't friendly, really. <laughs> so this guy is uh, this new this new actor playing him brings something fresh to the character. That's that's what I was getting at. He brings mm-hmm. something fresh to the character. I think makes him a lot more likable by not just by default, but mm-hmm. by by the way he's written and his manners. I, I like him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know that not to jump too much ahead, but the stuff with him and uh, the dwarf prince, Prince Durin, yeah, yeah, Prince Durin, that was excellent stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know this guy again. Not we're gonna have to compare the two. I think he's a better actor. Than Hugo Weaving is. Mm. No offense to the the Hugo Weaving fans. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. I think um, this young actor is better at what he does, maybe because he's able to convey more, or maybe mm-hmm. he just gets more material at this point to to do that. But I yeah, like well, him a lot so far, I would agree with that. And, and if him in the Lord of the Rings, he's just standing talking, not yes. you know, in dealing uh, having um, you know relationships with his daughter, um, Liv Tyler's character. Yeah, he'd be like, um, don't like the human. Yeah, <laughs> we are um, so I, I like his mission that he's given in these, you know, in the first two episodes, um, and a lot like with Gladriel, we get to see this kind of the the ascension mm-hmm. into the 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 elf heaven, which is something we kind of only really we don't think we I, I'm, we don't get to see it at the end of Return of the King when Frodo goes. He just gets on the ship and then that's it. I think we don't get to see him actually go and see the light and I don't think so. whatever that is. So, you know, a little, little more history into the, the world um, of Lord of the Rings, but then also what his task is with, mm-hmm. um, with the, the older elf. Um, you, you can try and pronounce his name. That's a tough one for me. Silabrimbor. Silabrimbor. I think it's Calibrimbor. I, Calibrimbor. When you play Lord of the Rings Shadows of War, you hear his name like every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was burned into my brain for years, <laughs> and now that I'm watching him, I can't connect it. Mm-hmm. He he's also the guy from Batman Begins, I believe. That's right. <laughs> he was one of the board members that comes up to Bruce at the party, upset. <laughs> <laughs> See the one that says the the fallen. No, far no, that was that was uh, the older guy. This was another right. one. <laughs> I, I think this guy was actually working with um, Earl. If I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, real bastard then. Yeah. And he's probably a bastard in this too. 
<laughs> I, I was wondering about that. Um, but so we'll leave that. As, so the two things, um, and we're talking about how we're not experts, but these are two things we kind of know. We know about this elvish heaven because uh, the people who do something really strong and, and good in a world are off to this elvish, elven heaven or whatever. And in, the, in this other thing, they're building a forge mm. where they can build other things. They don't tell us what it is, but I think we can assume that they're going. These these are the things that are. This is the forge. They're building a forge that are that is going to make the rings. Mm -hmm. it, that's that's what it is, right? That, yeah, that's that's what it is, I believe. And Elrond says in the original trilogy, he was there three thousand years ago when the rings were created. Right. And this is so. This is really far back. <laughs> and Elrond is very old. So old. <laughs> yeah, he's like he puts Yoda to shame here. So, um, yeah, I, I like that mission that that's what we're going to see. That's what mm -hmm. we're building toward it. I think that's why the, it's, it's called um, Rings of Power. Because mm -hmm. we're seeing, we're going to see them created. Yeah, and, you know, the first two episodes, there there are no rings. It's Like you said, it's called the Rings of Power, but there's, you know, nobody's wearing a ring. Nobody's talking about the rings. Yeah. They're, you know, they haven't been made yet. Um, so, yeah, that stuff with the Elrond is cool. But before he can do that, He's got to go do something else because they don't know how to build this forge. Um, they know they want to build it, but they don't have what is it? They don't have the materials, or they don't have they the, don't have the, the technology. Worker. They don't. Have... I think the, the technology and the labor is what mm -hmm. they don't have. Yeah. So I, again, I I found it just really interesting, and like they got the plans for it. Um, so then Elrond knows a guy uh, who can do it. He he <laughs> you know he he's he's the go between guy. So he him and. Uh, um, um, Karen Bimbor go to it is the mines of Moria, I think. It looked it, like it, like the door looked like it, but I, I don't think it is. Yeah, okay. maybe it is. They, I'm not sure. I, I think they call it Kuzin, um, Kuzin Dam or Kuzin Don or Kazi or Kazin Don, maybe. Um, it that doesn't matter. This is one of their names we'll get wrong, but so they, they're going to see the dwarves. Um, uh, Elrond knows a guy, he, he used to be friends. Um, with with Prince Durin, and he wants to talk to him, and he Elrond isn't received the greatest, um, a lot different than he expected. So he kind of um, I don't know proclaims something that he it's like a judgment, you know, judge me, and then you can, I can come in, or it's it, it's a game or um, something. So it's it's basically just smashing some rocks. Yeah. Um, who, who can do it? Who can do it the longest? And if you can do it, then you can stay. If you can't Endurance do it, you have test. to leave. <laughs> Endurance Be, test. Beat us at our own game. We smash rocks <laughs> as, as life. Yeah. But before now. that, um, again with the visuals that we talked about off the start with the history lesson, inside the mines, um, they're showing. And you you mentioned it. They don't have the technology. You can see the technology. With, with the dwarves you can see they're they're you know they have gardens in a mine where it's just all rocks they mm -hmm. are controlling the light in a certain way they have elevators yeah they have elevators and lifts and all that kind of stuff um so i, I think the dwarves might be my favorite characters in, in the first two episodes um i i you know it's nice to sing <laughs> and i i keep thinking about the um the scene i think it's in return of the king where gimli's talking about dwarf women um and you know <laughs> make their um <laughs> make the i think the rumor is that there are no dwarf women and we just sprout out of the ground he says um <laughs> so i i like seeing the women i like seeing the like their their mask that they're wearing it like yeah those are cool mask that covers their beards and everything i thought that was really cool um and then we get to the endurance test and all that kind of jazz before we get into more of uh the prince Durin and their two characters what do you think about the uh, inclusion and in, um the first first introduction of the of the dwarves 
I liked it. I liked the way that was handled because you kind of expected Elrond to just walk in and we got something for you guys to do. Okay, what is it? Because that's kind of what we were shown in Fellowship, the way everybody kind of got along for the most part. It wasn't really hard for them to say, okay, let's work together. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, you know, Elrond had to prove something. So I, I like that it wasn't just, come on in, buddy. I missed mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and the fact that he left Caleb Brimbor behind was great. <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting outside. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll be back later, bro. <laughs> Go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really like the introduction. And so then we get the inter- interaction between Prince Durin and Elrond. Um, and Prince Durin says, you know, he, he hasn't seen him in 20 years. And as we're talking about, this is 3,000 or thousands years um, from the Rings of Power to Lord of the Rings. Um, so 20 years to Elrond is nothing. And that's what Prince Durin mm-hmm. says to him. Um, 20 years is nothing to you, but that's a lifetime for me. Um, I thought that was an in, kind of a, an interesting history lesson again. It where is. We're, we're, we're learning more about these characters a little bit, how different the dwarves uh, between the elves are. Yeah, and I this is just my thinking. but I assume everybody in Lord of the Rings lives like incredibly long lives. Yeah. So to hear a dwarf say 20 years is a lifetime to me, Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, so they have more of a, a normal lifespan. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me because, as far as I understood, only humans, of course, would have a normal lifespan. Every other species or creature lives to be 172 and it's nothing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, so I, I really love the interactions between um, Prince Durin and his, and his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Elrond's kind of maneuvering his way through a conversation with them all, and he, yeah. he kind of understands how um, how emotional the dwarves are. That's the that other thing. Elevator I, scene. I, just the two of them. Yeah. When yeah, the, yeah. very good. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Talk about the interaction between the t- two old friends and, you know, Prince Durin, he doesn't hate Elrond. Um, he's hurt. Know, he's very hurt, exactly. He's hurt, and I love that. Because when you first see them like not interacting, the way he's treating, like, oh, what's what's the tension about here? Why yeah, is he I was so, wondering that too. Yeah, does he hate him? Did we miss mm-hmm. something? <laughs> and then when you, it switches and you see like the the emotional pain on his face when he's talking, and then we're talking about a dwarf. He's he's got this. He's small. And he has this huge beard. and He's filthy. <laughs> and he's and you could just see the emotion in that guy's face. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Elrond is receiving it properly, mm-hmm. just a beautiful scene. Like, you, you don't get that in a lot of stuff. It, just the way that their interaction, I think, is probably one of the highlights of the episode, that elevator thing. And it's, it's really cool visually because it's an elevator in a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense, but it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree. Their, their friendship is something that I hope that we stick with a little bit. I think Prince mm-hmm. Durin is a, um, going to be an important character. Yeah, I assume that I assume that Elrond is going to get him out of the mines, and he's going to come help um, forge the forge. Um, so it'll be interesting how they're back and forth going forward as well. Do you think it's going to end up like Legolas and Gimli? Because they're setting yeah. up very familiar pairings. Yeah, th- no, that's in- that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, um, but yeah, that makes total sense. It's kind of the vibe I got from. Also, I mean, we'll talk about it, but the Harfoot and the homeless dude. Mm-hmm. If it if it's a wizard, you know that's also mm-hmm. Gandalf. Love oh. hobbits. <laughs> he was a, a so fan of the Nori. It, Nori is the Frodo character in that in yes. that sense. I'm getting Nori is the Frodo, and then of course oh. she has a Sam. Poppy. Yeah, Poppy is like oh. her Sam. 
Oh man, that's so simple, but I hadn't I didn't see that until yeah, no, there's in, a lot of similarities it. to the original mm. trilogy, and I don't know if that's from what uh Tolkien wrote. Because some of us from our stand is from things he wrote. And then they're right. piecing the details together. So I wonder if that was something he he did or the writer said, Hey, it worked twenty years ago. Let's just make <laughs> it fresh again, which I'm cool with. I'm just saying well, that 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 and that's what makes the, the fellowship and so strong. It's the camaraderie between them, yeah, right. And, and so I, I I get that sense. And, you know, I get that sense, and you know, going I I see that now. It's going to be interesting how I if I can't unsee it in, in and, episode. And three, there's another familiar pairing. Going. Well, lay it on me, man. Uh, okay, so this is going to be a drinking game from here on out. Whenever Emmett and I mispronounce a name, go ahead and take a shot. Erin uh -huh. Yeah, sure. Yep. <laughs> Arendir and the human lady. Yeah. Is like Aragon and uh Wol Erwin? Arwin? Arwin, yes. Arwin. It's like right. Aragon, Aragorn and uh Arwin. Hmm. Just kind of reverse there. Interesting. Arendir <laughs> is also very stoic so far, much like oh, Aragorn. Is is he ever? <laughs> yeah, that guy, I don't think that guy can smile. Well, well, let's let let's switch and talk about him. So I I I like his character. I like the I idea of it. I like that he's like a cop. Yes, you know he's he just he he he's a patrolman who walks up and down and checking in on the humans and they don't really like him. He likes like elves, them. pointy ears and all that kind of stuff. And he he likes one of them. Um, they have a, a a police station, which is one of those towers <laughs> that we've cool. seen with the um you know that's the thing where they light the towers. Um, yeah, one of the movies I can't remember which one. Light um, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's like a cop who's just kind of and he gets a note from from um, the elves saying, you know, war's over. And that was the one thing that the elves had pro proclaimed when they're sending all the other elves off to um, the elf heaven is that, you know, war is over now, um, even after Elrond and um, or after Gladriel is saying it's not. Um, but we can get into that a little bit towards the end when we look ahead a little bit. Um, so um, war is over and they're calling all the elves back. Um, and Aaron Deer uh, has called, kind of fallen in love with one of the humans a little bit, and she's got a little bit of a thing for him too. And um, her son is the more in, not an, more interesting, but the very interesting character in, in between all of them because of the thing that he has. He's got mm -hmm. a sword that has the you know the sigil of Sauron or the uh, inscription of Sauron in it. So um, there's a lot of things going on in this in in this little scene. Um, there's, you know, the goblins or orcs or whatever they are. And they are uglier, um, I think, than they were before. So totally uglier. And they're wearing skulls on their heads or like some a, kind like of weird predator. mask or anything. So there's a, a lot going on here. So Arendir, um, his girlfriend, uh, uh, the woman's son and the, the sword and the goblins, a lot of things going on here, Chris. But what do you think about all, all that? Just a ton of, of stuff. Well, so much stuff going on. So what do you think about that side of the, uh, the story over the two episodes? I was trying to look up the woman's name because I, I feel weird just calling her the woman. Uh, Browen. Her name is Browen or something. Browen, Browen. Bronwyn, yep. Bron there we go, Bronwyn. Um, I I really like Arendir a lot. I think he's awesome. Uh, like you mentioned, it's cool that he's kind of like a like a cop elf or a military yeah. presence. <laughs> I think that's really neat. And he's stoic, which is kind of what we're used to at elves. Mm -hmm. um, I thought we were going to get more like a Legolas type character and we, we he's not like that so it's cool to see that difference um i find it interesting the way he kept his cool in the bar mm -hmm. when that guy came up to him and was giving him stuff you know give him crap 
And he just completely kept his cool, even picked up the cup and handed it to the bar guy. It's like, that was, yeah. <laughs> like, just a well-mannered elf. I like him. And uh, I, I like that he has that connection to that village. So I don't think it's just Bronwyn. I oh, think, yeah? I think he actually likes the humans. Hmm. Or that's just kind of what I got out of it. Because he could, yes, he goes back for her, of course. But when he goes to the other village to check up on things, he doesn't do that just for her. Mm-hmm. He does that for the humans to make sure, hey, you know, everything is cool or, or what's going mm-hmm. on here. Right. And, and, and you know, the goblins have become um, champion diggers now. And they're just digging across the world. Which is <laughs> really tunnels. Yeah, it's tunnels. pretty fascinating how they've, they're going to be evolving, um, I guess, into the goblins and orcs that we know. But mm. I like seeing this stage of it. And Arendir mm-hmm. is is a good um, foil for them, I suppose, right now. Mm-hmm. I, I like yes. how they're using him. He's got yeah, a cool so, look. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I like his uh, the chest plate that he has. Mm-hmm. It's got like the um, like an old man with a beard on it. So I don't know what that is. Reminds um, but me I of like the armor of Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the elves are going away, and he comes back to, I guess, say goodbye to this Bronwyn character. And a, a guy shows up to the door uh, with a cow who's very, very sick. And, like, Arendir starts to the, to milk it, and it milks out, like, oily black stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the goblins are, they burn, they, there's something wrong with the grass that the cow is eating. Um, like so uh, Arendir, he says, you know, how long is it, or... Where was the cow eating? He says it's a day away, so he can go look. So uh, Bronwyn goes with him, and they get to this village, and it's just burnt to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to this village, and then they they go into these tunnels that you're talking about. We kind of get like a little bit of a a horror scene, yeah, um, a little bit, which was which was an interesting switch up until I think up until that point. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe I can't remember if the um, Gladriel scene had happened with the the big giant fish thing because that was a kind of a horror. Uh, S thing as well. Oh yeah, that was sort of. Um, it but wasn't I, like Aquaman, James Wan horror. <laughs> yeah, you know the trench thing, but it, it was it was yeah. definitely different. Yeah. So Aaron uh, Aaron is in this tunnel and he can see things and the shadows and all that kind of stuff. And he goes swimming in the water and he gets out and he's in like there's vines behind him and the hands come out and grab him. I'm like, wow, that was such a uh, like I felt the tension in in those little scenes. Um, and we've seen some some of the trailers that Aaron Deer. It's pretty badass. He does a lot mm-hmm. of cool things. So it's interesting we don't see any of that stuff yet, and we will eventually, but it's, it, it was interesting to see the trouble that he's in uh, so early. It was a great introduction. I think that's what these two episodes did the best, is introduce each character, and even like Theo, who is the son, we got enough of him to see, oh, he's a mischievous, mischievous little bastard. <laughs> I was going to say, you hate him, don't you? <laughs> Probably. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. But... <laughs> He's he's gonna bring on Sauron, so probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think one of the things that did really well was introduce all of the characters in a way that you could um, get to know them and kind of where they're at in their head and digest that and and be able to say, okay, well now I'm familiar. I may not be able to pronounce their name, but I know that guy or that lady. <laughs> Um, so you, you mentioned um, just a little bit there about Theo and bringing back Sauron and the sword. I'm going to leave that again towards the end when we um, look ahead a little bit. Um, 
to what comes next. Um, so that's the human and Aaron Muir. And then we make the big switch over to the Harfoots. And, yes. And I, I said that the dwarves were my favorite character, but these Harfoots are so lovable and so cute and so fun. It, it's hard not to like a hobbit creature. <laughs> it's really hard to not to like them, even Smeagol. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Smeagol beforehand with him and his buddy, uh, just just going fishing. <laughs> right, just before he murders his buddy, but yes. <laughs> That's right, in a terrible terrible way. <laughs> you do what you got to do when the ring is involved. <laughs> I even, but even as Gollum, I mean, it, even though he's another creature entirely, it was hard to really hate Gollum. Mm-hmm. Hobbits, they're just, you know, lovable. <laughs> even when they want to bite uh, you. <laughs> even when they want to bite your ear and your fingers off. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Okay, so the Harfoots, and they're just, they're kind of like, they they do their own thing. They've got their own texts, which is the one guy, um, what's his name, Lamy or? Which one? Um, uh, Lenny, sorry. Oh, Lenny. Yeah. Oh, that's oh that's his real that's name. the actor. Uh, yeah. Which uh, uh, my friend of. Ian told me, uh, that actor, Lenny, I forget his last name. Uh, Lenny Henry. Len, okay, he's a really big English comedian. Oh. So that, that's a fun fact. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so he's got the text. He's got the history of all the Harfoots and the seasons and all that kind of stuff. And and they that, that's how they um, kind of read the the what what's to happen. Um, they get some um, what um, I don't know what they are. Those guys with the big moose antlers on their backs, explorers or something. Yeah, but they're not. They during that time of the year, they're not supposed to be there. Well, they call them travelers, confuse, though. Yeah, which which confuses the Harfoots. And the food is different. And um, the one thing that, that Lenny uh, says um, is the skies are strange. You know, everything is, something is changing in this world. And the Harfoots notice it because they have these, the, the text and the history lessons, which I found really interesting is how they're, how they, um, how their, their social, how, how they, how they work, their, how their society works, mm-hmm. um, how it works. So I found that all really interesting. Um well, we got the big character from the Harfoots is is um, is Nori, mm-hmm. um, who's kind of like the you know the wide-eyed optimist, the the, the Frodo, uh, yeah, the <laughs> the Frodo of 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 of, of this uh, of this show, um, who wants to more, who wants to you know step outside, um, you know step outside Hobbit, uh, Hobbit in the Shire, that kind of thing, um, and you know she gets smack dab in the middle of a whole bunch of um, craziness when. A person falls from the sky for some reason. We have no idea, but that's kind of the mystery, and, and that's totally okay. Um, so what do you think about Nori as the character? Maybe just the Harfoots uh, altogether as well. The Har- Harfoots altogether, I think it's so intriguing that they're not just hobbits. Because I didn't know that there were more, yeah. there were different kinds, which I found out last night. There are, you know, there, there's several kinds of hobbit. And these are like the oldest type. Mm-hmm. So to see them and to learn about them, I think is going to be really fun. Even the differences you can see already, like they're not in the Shire. This is a different part of Middle Earth. Yeah. They live more primitively. They are not as refined as the hobbits that we know, or even as, as Smeagol was living in the swamps. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like you said, their society and how it works is different. The camaraderie and the friendliness is there, but everything mm-hmm. else is vastly different just by looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And just quickly, so we talked about the technology of the dwarves, and now you see the technology of the Harfoots. 
like they're in you know shacks that are made with yeah huts exactly it's it's really interesting the uh the dichotomy between the two uh races. yeah and when you look like at the original trilogy the hobbits live in like these nice hobbit homes that's they're pretty hobbit fancy yeah, <laughs> yep. they're pretty fancy <laughs> but you know these guys are living in, in basic huts and stuff so mm -hmm. it, there's a difference and nori i thought nori was really likable immediately yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that she's more adventurous and wanting to get out in the world. And mm -hmm. compared to, uh, again, to Frodo, she actually is going out into the world and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Frodo would have been terrified and probably would have got near the meteor guy. <laughs> yeah. He would have ran and got Bilbo. Hey, Bilbo, what the hell is this? <laughs> and you know, Bilbo would have told him a long tale. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, 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 trying to hide the ring from him or something. <laughs> so I, I like Nori. I like Poppy a lot. I like um, Nori's parents, too. Yeah. Like her father is is sort of like um yep. he seems kind of like a, a fixer upper kind of guy, maybe a yep. handyman for the hobbits yep. for the harpots. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and I like um you mentioned the hobbit played by Lenny, I already forgot. Lenny Henry. Uh, I, I don't know his name in the series, but it's it's uh Sadok S A D O C. Oh, Sadok, that's right. I like Sadok, his group that he has, the two ladies that follow him around. Yeah, they're, they're like witch they're like witches or something. Yeah, I, I love it. It's <laughs> Gypsies. Fun. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, I, I'm liking the the Harfoot so far. Mm. And I like their world. I, I really like the world too. And I like how they kind of just popped up into the, out of the ground, um, you know, hiding from those travelers um, and they just get right back down to business. You know, they're doing their um, doing stuff with hides and uh, the berries and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So then the spaceman comes um, and he lands and then, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or Alton John rocket man. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, he, so he crashes and he's in a, fire and you know you mentioned again about the relationship between the two and frodo being nori and then this the, the stranger is what he's called on imdb being the gandalf figure is that what you think do you think he's some kind of wizard do you think this is the first wizard um like he, oh. he doesn't really know how to control things but you know we saw in lord of the rings that gandalf can talk to bugs mm -hmm. he's, when he's up on the top of the tower having uh the fight with um sauron he's talking to it like a little uh, dragon the butterfly water, water, butterfly Something and like eagles flies away and seemingly the stranger is talking to um the fireflies mm -hmm. uh in some way and he can control um other things is, is that what you think this is you think this is the first wizard do you think he is a wizard what do you think about the stranger because he's oh, no. also really tall too or they call him a giant but is he a giant compared to the harfoots or is he actually a giant well, okay, so when researching the Harfoots, because I actually wasn't clear on the size of the Harfoots. Okay. To me, I, I couldn't tell if they are, like, hobbit-sized, because you don't see them with anybody. Right. No Like, contact. we at least had, yeah, we had a size comparison with Gandalf. Even mm -hmm. when he would walk around the Shire, we would see, oh, Gandalf is taller than their houses. They're right, yeah. These guys, we really don't know. So I think, um, if I remember correctly, the Harfoots are a little larger Okay. The hobbits. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. it. We have mm -hmm. to check that again. But um, no, I think either way, this guy is huge. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, he's probably not a giant, but he is large. Mm -hmm. um, and no, I was not smart enough to put together that this might be a wizard. I saw okay. that on Twitter. There's a lot of okay. theories on Twitter that he is either Gandalf, hmm. a, a type of wizard. Someone said he could be Saruman. Um, hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of theories about who he could be. I do like the idea of him possibly being Gandalf, 
especially because it sets up the relationship that he has with the hobbits. Right. Like small person. I know you were cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like that. If that's who he is, if it's not fine again, we know he's not Sauron. That's for sure. Yes. That is confirmed. He's not, he's not Sauron. Okay. But the wizard thing does make sense. Also visually, he does resemble what we've, what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Ian McKellen, if he is going to, Ian McKellen is too old to reprise the role. So it would make sense. Like with the other characters, recast him as someone who can pass. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I really thought the character, you know, in, in that, uh, I mentioned that the Harfoots were more or less, um, you know, they were more or less the, uh, the human nature to the show, I thought. It's a lot more, uh, there was a lot of humor in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically when they've got the stranger on this wooden cart and <laughs> Nora yeah. and Poppy are, are trying to push him up a hill and then they stop to argue a bit and he rolls down the hill. Um, so that kind of stuff was really interesting. You know, um, as serious as the show can get with the, you know, the Aaron Deer stuff, um, he's hunting uh, in the tunnels and even the start with the history lesson with the, the, the dragons and the birds and, you know, Gladriel's brother dying. There was the, the breath of... Um, comedy every once in a while and that's what that's what lord of the rings is to me is the hard crazy action scenes with with that little bit of humor and the humor is brought the in the movie yeah exactly the heart and the humor is brought from the hobbits in lord of the rings and a little bit from uh gimli and uh legolas as well mm-hmm. but it's nice to see the harfoots you know carrying on the tradition from lord of the rings um the movies as, as the the comedic nature cool. as well even with, um, I was going to call him Legolas, even with um, Elrond and Durin, you get that too. Mm-hmm. Right. You do, you do get that. It's, and then, of course, the Aragorn-type relationship is not fun. It's mm-hmm. much more serious. That's right. Uh, Galadriel is not fun. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, it's, the, it's a good balance. Also, I Googled it because we do have the internet. The yep. Hardfoots are smaller than a Hobbit. Oh, smaller than. So it's a small this guy's statue. probably regular size then. He could be, yeah. But I don't know. We seem like next to a tree or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> gonna have to measure him up against Yeah, tree. we're gonna have to have some kind of comparison chart here. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I like that the uh the Harfoots are the lightest part of the show. Mm-hmm. I think they should be. And and yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, I think it works. So that's all of the characters we talked about. So let's talk about um characters on the whole in this show. Because we mentioned it, you know, um, it's one of the most expensive shows ever. Yeah. I think we should expect that it looks good. I don't know if I expected it to look this good. So uh, again, well, let's put the characters aside for a little bit and just talk about how how an overall in these two episodes, how good the show looks. And I was talking to our friend Nico about how the show almost looks too good. <laughs> like the show is like, oh man, like everything is so it, it's so clean. A little uh-huh. like that looks fake. But it looks so good, like the ice and the where they're they're in that scene with the the the, the ice troll. Mm-hmm. Like the scene looks just so good, but you can see like okay, that's that's you can tell it's not real. Like it, it, it the show isn't the the visuals aren't so good that it looks real. The visuals are so good that you can tell that they're vis- that they're like CGI and that kind of thing. That was my perspective. Now, again, the show is in, it's incredible looking. Aside from the CGI, even the, the shots, the, the, the camera work, the, mm-hmm. the, the lighting, all that kind of stuff. 
I, I was beyond shocked with how, how good how good the first two episodes looked. Beyond shocked, and I watched it at home. I couldn't like it, you mentioned that you were trying to get tickets to the to the movie theater to see it. Yeah. I wonder what that would have been like seeing it on like the best looking TV show ever on screen on a, on I a was big. So TV. upset that, that so I missed great. it after I watched it. That, that's exactly it too. Like, that's what I thought when I was sitting at home watching. I'm like, wow, what would this look like on TV on a big movie screen? I hope they do the finale in theaters. Mm-hmm. I would love to see this in a, in a theater. Uh, I agree with you. The visuals are so, like I said earlier, we kept hearing how expensive this show was. That's all they kept talking about. It is so expensive. Um, and then when you see it in action, it lives up to that hype in a very specific way. Because when you like, there's certain scenes where, like you said, it is so pretty, it you think, oh, this has to be fake. And yeah. it is. <laughs> The troll yeah. is not real. We know that. But <laughs> the fact that it just looks that good and it's a TV series is is amazing. And even the simpler stuff, like there's a, a lot of shots of Gladriel when she's swimming in that endless ocean. And yeah. the way the water is moving, and we know they didn't shoot her in a tank. Mm-hmm. This is probably CGI water with yeah. a horizon and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just so pretty. And that was a simple shot. And then you look at the stuff um, again with the Harfoots. Or are they called Harfeet when there's more than one of them? <laughs> I don't know. I call don't, don't, okay. I, I don't get me on grammar. I can't do it. Okay. Well, the, the Harfoots. <laughs> when you, even when you look at their little area, yep. it's it's pretty. And then when you get the stuff that's supposed to look cool, like the, mm-hmm. the war sequence, mm-hmm. that was jaw dropping. Yeah. And the way it was seamless. And, you know, we see dragons on Game of Thrones all the time. They look cool and all. They don't mm-hmm. look like this. And I'm not making it, I'm not trying to start a comparison more. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a different beast. Lord yeah. of the Rings visuals are a cut above anything else on TV right now. And that's just the way it is for me. Yeah, I it, it, I don't think it can be I don't think it can be disputed considering what we're getting on a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, like this the, the the scope of the show um it's just anything beyond of what we've seen on the tv but the visuals are one thing but it's the characters for me that uh, that blew me away um as good as the show looked because it looked great like we were talking about and like i said at the start i didn't find anything about these first two episodes slow because i was invested right away and it was because of the the characters that i was so invested in um i i thought the acting was on uh, from across the board was was very very good mm-hmm. in character in actors that I've never seen before, aside from Elrond and the um, the guy from Batman Begins, who's just basically I've never seen before because I he's in Batman Begins but he's kind of in the back the background of it. But and the Elrond, yeah, uh, the guy the actor who plays Elrond, the only thing I've seen him from is from uh, Game of Thrones where he plays young Ned Stark. Um, so across the board, I don't know any of these actors. Um, and across the board, I think every single one of them did an outstanding job with everything that they did. Um, you know, from everything, the, the dwarves, the Harfoots, the, uh, the elves, the, the humans, the everything about it. And I, I was just so captivated by the characters, by conversation. And one of the things that we had talked about when the trailers were coming out was I how I felt. And I think it was you. Everyone, everything felt flat, mm-hmm. like the characters talking yeah. to themselves. It didn't work. Like and there's that one scene where Elrond and Gladriel are talking, and Gladriel says, "You haven't you're, you haven't done what I've done, or you haven't seen what I've seen." And Elrond says, "Oh, I've seen things." And then Gladriel says the exact same thing over again: "You haven't seen what I've seen." I'm, in the trailer, I'm just like, 
why are they like robots? Why are there two cardboard cutouts talking? But in the context where you see everything around them, so maybe it's the visuals adding into the into the characters well, in the dialogue and everything. The context, and, and plus yeah. we've seen some of what she's she's seen at that point, <laughs> so we exactly know right. we understand the emphasis on mm -hmm. you have not seen what I've seen. Mm -hmm. We get it this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even with uh, Sar uh, Sadok's character saying the skies are strange in the trailer, him saying that it's just like that's just a weird way of saying things. But then when you get more of the context of how the Harfoots talk and how they interact with each other and who this Sadok character is, mm -hmm. that really helps. So he's like their Bilbo. Yeah, <laughs> the, the trailers did this show no justice at all. You know, oh, I don't know if I would say that. I would say there was only one trailer that I liked. It was the San Diego Comic-Con trailer. But every, all the trailers I'm just like watching, I'm like, why are there, these characters are so wooden and so stale. But in, in the show, in the context, I was just blown away by the characters. Yeah, I didn't, I liked the trailers, but I, I you know, you and I talked about it before. We, I agree that the characters were not, they didn't feel like anything special. And the dialogue was not working. And that was kind of a concern, I think, going in. It's like, is it just going to look pretty? Because I'm not, I, I don't care if it looks pretty if it's not good. There's a lot of pretty movies I don't like. Exactly. Godzilla vs. Kong, beautiful film. I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it's kind of where I was at with it. But it, it did, um, it went beyond my expectations because I did have higher than average expectations for this show. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you and I were both really, really excited for this. Yeah, and it, it, it says a lot about a show when we're, we've been looking forward to it for so long. We've decided we wanted to do this this show about it. We talked about it at least every week or, you know, any chance we could. Um, and Amazon hyped it up as the most expensive thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And against Game of Thrones that came out two weeks before, and you have mm -hmm. that to compare it to. And to, for the, still, the show to come out and just be jaw-dropped about what you had seen, what I had seen. Like, we we try, we talked about it when the episode ended, about, you know, how to describe the show. Um, you were having a, a, a troubling time trying to put words together to put a tweet out. Yeah. All, I, I put one word in a tweet. I just put brilliance, because I didn't know how to formulate thoughts about the show, because from the visuals to the characters to the story, I couldn't believe that this was a, a show that I was watching on TV. Yes. <laughs> it, it's amazing it, it's as cohesive as it is yeah for for everything that is going on There's trying to trying to talk about two episodes right now is very difficult because of the things that happened on but all of it flowed very well i, I actually thought. don't remember what was in each episode either that's the other thing it just felt like one long one long episode it was like a lot lord of the rings mini movie yeah. you know, they normally three to four hours so it was like a short yeah compared to that to those mm-hmm um, okay, so we, we've covered as much as we can remember from the story. We've covered our overall thoughts about the visuals in the, in the, in the characters as well. But I've got some questions about what, what we did see in the show that seemingly is going to set up the rest of the, the, the season mm -hmm. or the coming episodes. So one of the big things that we saw from uh, Prince Durin is he gets delivered a box of some kind. He's talking yes. to his father, I think, yeah, that's the actual the king. king dwarf. Mm -hmm. And he gets a box, and you know it's like Pulp What's Fiction. In the box? It's or it's like yeah, it's like Pulp Fiction where John Travolta opens the briefcase and the the light shines on his face. <laughs> um, and what what is this box? Why why? And I, that was the one thing I felt was a little bit weird about it was they come together. Elrond he decides to his wife or Prince Duran's wife yells at Prince Duran yeah, and lets decent. Elrond stay, um, and they're friends again. And then the next time we see them. 
we see Prince Durin and his father walking down the steps, and I'm like, whoa, what's happening here? Where'd Elrond what? go? And where, 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 what happened? And well, then we see home. this box. I, I, I know, but I, it, it was something about, it was shocking to me that we just jump right to um, oh. Prince Durin. It, it's not anything, and maybe that's what it was it meant to do. We're supposed to carry on this story of. of that's what I got of it. Uh, so, yeah, so what Elrond is goes box? home, and Durin goes to talk to his father. Hey, should we help them? And right. then they open the box, and it's a severed head. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, Prince Darren's wife. Right. <laughs> Her head's in the <laughs> box. It would have been horrible. <laughs> would have been terrible. Um, you know, if the rings were around, I would have said, oh, that's that's one of the rings. That was my first thought. Oh, it's one of the rings. Yeah. But it, then I thought about it. No, it can be one of the rings. They don't have the rings. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it is a tool that's going to help them make the rings. Hmm. What would be in that box we would recognize as viewers? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's not like a giant treasure chest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it could also be maybe like what Theo has a piece of a, the sword. Mm. It could be something like that, or I don't know, um, some kind of ancient tool, is what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely not a I, I feel the same. It has something to do with Sauron. It has something to do with evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and let's go over to, the, to Theo in the sword. Where did he get this sword? How is he controlling the sword? Is the sword controlling him? Um, who's, is it Sauron's sword? Yeah. What, what's going on with this sword? I, I think it is Sauron's sword. Because okay. it wasn't, I forget, didn't they show in the movie that the sword got cut in the, one of the fights? Uh, yeah, he gets his hand cut off. Why well, the falls. sword? was split maybe i'm wrong it wasn't that um uh what's his name sword the human sword and that's what they forge it back together for aragon oh maybe it wasn't i don't remember but i it, it clearly has something to do with sauron because it has his yeah. mark on it right and it does the fire thing it, it's something <laughs> to do with sauron mm-hmm. and it, it likes blood <laughs> <laughs> do you is it rebuilding itself is that that's what, what it's doing? Yeah, that's why I, what I got out of it. It's, it's rebuilding, okay. and probably once you rebuild it, you know, Sauron wakes up and says, hey, mm-hmm. let's start some shit. <laughs> that's my assumption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where he got it from, I, I'm i I'm guessing it was left over in battle, and then it was hidden for safety right. reasons, and, mm-hmm. you know, him and his friend found it. Like, hey, look at this. And these goblins, do they want this? Is that what you feel like the goblins are trying to do maybe? I too? think they're connected to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be like a like a signal. Mm-hmm. He's back. Let's dig tunnels. <laughs> or maybe that's why they were digging the tunnels. Maybe they were looking for that sword. Maybe looking for it. Yep, that would make that would make sense. And they're just like in going from town to town, burning burning them down and looking for the yeah. The sword they know it's there. they know it's somewhere with the humans. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Um. So then Gladriel and this guy, when Gladriel's going for her swim, she. Um, arrives on, uh, she arrives, uh, she comes across a boat that's been attacked by a giant shark or um, what have you. And then um, the shark attacks and kills everyone except for one guy. And his Gladriel are left alone on this um, little raft. Um, and they're, you know, kind of depleted and they haven't eaten and drinking. And it seemed like they're sleeping. And then a boat comes upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, and all we see is a shadow, which I thought was kind of interesting. Who who picked them up? Who Who is this guy? Why is this guy so important um, to uh, Gladriel? And why is he important to the story as well? Um, what What do you think is going on with those two? And are, are, are they the two that we're going to see carry on? Just like everyone else as a group or a, a cohort? Are those uh, two a cohort now? 
Yeah, I'm going to guess that Gal Galadriel and Halbrand are going to be buddies. Mm -hmm. That's my assumption with that. And, you know, he only escaped because he separated the rafts. Mm -hmm. Like, he saw what was coming and, and separated them really quick. Like, he saved himself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he's going to do that to Galadriel, though, because she'll probably cut him. But <laughs> I don't remember there being, like, pirates in Lord yeah. of the Rings. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting thing, because I'm ass I, I, assuming is the word of the day. I'm assuming yeah. <laughs> that it is a pirate-type situation. Mm. Um. But maybe not. I, we know it's clearly not like an orc or something. Yeah, it, it is a. It appears to be a human, and I, I like that they left that as a cliffhanger. Well, yeah, and every and um, just like the heart, um, Nori and the stranger, they're left on a, a very much a, a cliffhanger too. You know, all of our groups. They, I think they set it up perfectly. You know, where our where our group are, are headed. You know, mm -hmm. Arendir is captured by the goblins. He's going to have to, you know, get out of there somehow. Bronwyn's going to save him somehow. I'm not really sure. Or maybe she'll call some of the elves and they'll come and, uh, and rescue him. But everyone's got to align to go to. And, you know, all whenever these shows, they're released with two episodes or three episodes, you know, after that first episode, there is always more to tell. But then mm -hmm. after that second or third episode, now you get an understanding of where our characters are going. Um, so I, li I like they all have a mission. They all have a um, somewhere to go, some some straight line to, to get to. So I like where every all of our characters are headed so far. I do too. And I, I like also that they released the two episodes at once. Yeah. Because I think with a, with a show like this, it's just a better way to do it. Because if we would have just seen the one episode, we would have both enjoyed it, of course. Mm -hmm. But to have the two of them makes it more impactful because we're getting a payoff, an yep. immediate payoff. And we're learning more about the characters, giving us more chances to connect with them. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that they, they gave us two at once. Yep. And, you know, there wasn't an, um, a, an overly uh, abundance of large action. We saw the history lesson. We saw a little bit with the um the shark and what have you but you know the dwarves don't do much they're him and elrond Durin and elrond are just smashing some rocks which um, is aaron deer has his yeah, sure it's great um aaron is kind of just has a little bit of a walking around he doesn't do any big action scenes but we know it's coming um and that's the big telling from very early on with the elves you know gladriel has seen signs of sauron um and even this king elf he knows the signs are there but if it, it's my, and he, he basically says it in a very elvish around a way. If you go looking for trouble, you will find trouble. So they say, let's don't look, you know, <laughs> let's stop looking because we don't want to find Sauron. But we, we know that he's still out there. We know that the, 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 the evil is still out there, but we're just going to stop looking. We're going to say this war is over, but it's not that the, the, the evil is coming. Sauron is coming back, whether they like it or not. So, you know, the big action scenes, all that kind of stuff, it, it, I, I do believe we are going to see more of that. Absolutely. Oh, it's coming. I think yeah. that the best way to do it, though, of course, is like the movies did. And I, mm -hmm. most movies, most good movies do this anyway. They have plenty of character beats and story mm -hmm. to, you know, to support the action bits. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, if there's no story, you don't care about the characters. What does the action even matter? Mm -hmm. You can kill characters left and right. Nobody's going to care. That's no impact. Mm -hmm. well, although I don't think any of these characters will be dying. Specifically yeah, Elrond and Gladriel. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be dying. Uh, yeah, from what I can tell, 
um, with what type of um, show that this is going to be, where it doesn't beat you over the head with um, sadness and um, defeat, uh, a feeling of defeat. It, it feels like our characters are, are safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're going to go through them some things, much like in the Lord of the Rings, Frodo, Sam, um, Aragon, Legolas, they went through some very serious moments. But I don't expect there to be an episode where we're all sitting around crying because Nori died, which yeah. I think would be a, a really interesting take if they if they did kill some of these characters That's off. Really but right. I don't feel I don't feel it's that type of show, and it doesn't have to be. We have that type of show, you know. It, there there is another fantasy type show with Lord, uh, Game of Thrones. There is where, where we we have this type of thing, and that's why, um, you know, it, it it one of the things I really loved about this show is it didn't try to be. Game yeah. of Thrones. Which you know, I was kind of wondering about that. I, I think you had thought that when we saw some set pictures before, when we saw some costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, this is the, this show is, is trying to be exactly what it should be, which is Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be a new age Game of Thrones or a family Game of Thrones or even a Game of Thrones with the, the more um, serious nature. It's just trying to be Lord of the Rings. And I think that's why it succeeds so well. I agree. It is. It... That's the best way to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, it again, it takes what we're familiar with and adds some fresh spins to it. And you get to use Google yep. to figure out some stuff like what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, we're not we're not experts now, but by the end of the the first season, we may be a little more experts on the world of Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, next episode we may even pronounce the names correctly. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll try. Um, yeah. Uh, so, if there's anything else you want to, ch- uh, any anything else we missed, Chris, that you wanted to talk about? Anything that caught mm-hmm. your eye in those first two episodes? No, I think we pretty much covered it. I re- just really enjoyed these episodes. I was, mm-hmm. I'm still blown away by it. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, this this first show talking about it was um, difficult to wrap our heads around because there was two episodes. There was just so much information. That's a lot that they packed into it. So going forward for um, the next couple episodes of Elves, Hobbits, and Potatoes, I, I think it'll be a lot easier for us to to nail everything down when we have one episode and I'm interested to see how they go back and forth with the characters. Mm-hmm. Are we, are, you know, we got, you know, the, the four storylines, are we going to see every four of those, each one of those storylines in every episode, or are we going to see Gladriel and Nori? And then the next episode, are we going to see Aaron Deer and Durin, you know, that kind of thing. I wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How they meet, why they meet. Um, yeah. It would be really interesting. Uh, interesting how, uh, how much time passes over these episodes as well? Because the first two they pick up right after, pick up uh, one after one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's any, it'll be interesting if there's any time jumps or um, how the story's told. It, it's going to be really interesting going forward to see how they how they space it out. Because as of now, there's only six episodes to go. Um, I think there's only eight episodes. I think um, so. So it's going to be interesting how they how they how they move the story along. Do we know if the episodes are always going to premiere on Thursdays at? What was it eight eight central or seven central? Yeah, it was eight central your time. Um, I don't it's, know. I, I th- this is I, I can't remember what the boys did because um, Paper Girls and A League of Their Own, which were the two Amazon series that came out before this, were just full episode dumps on this okay. on the service. So they didn't do it, and I don't remember what the boys did. Um, I think Invincible the model. Invincible did the weekly model, but I can't remember when. I think they were two a.m. drops. Okay. Yeah, I was hoping maybe they'll do this differently because I like that we can both watch it at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, you know, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, it, Chris will watch anything at two o'clock in the morning. Where which I, I will, will now. <laughs> yeah, 
it's, oh, it's, this, this show is a, a watch it as soon as it comes out 100 percent. i, I yeah. have that feeling for sure so i will i'll be up at 2 a.m watching this <laughs> okay guys that's our first thoughts about the first two episodes of the rings of power the first two episodes were actually called the shadow of the past uh, hmm. and adrift which was uh those are the first two episodes so uh we will keep coming to you every week with our thoughts on every episode of the rings of power um if you like what you've heard please make sure you are subscribed to gathering of the geeks wherever you get your podcast we are also on youtube just search gathering of the geeks and you will find us chris before we get out of here just give us a quick plug for you bud now you guys can follow me on twitter at that chris seven zero but as always i prefer you guys follow the show at g of the geeks yeah you guys can follow me at emmett davis seven on twitter um that's where you can find me uh, so in saying all that, guys, thanks so much for listening and make sure you're subscribed uh, for Chris and I'm Emmett and we gather on Sundays. 